0: section fifty seven of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter twenty three and feel i death no joy from thought of thee young gertrude was now countess of rossville and how often had her heart bounded at the anticipation how slight a thing seems the life or death of an individual to whom we are united by no ties of affection when merely thought of as to be or not to be and death and his awful attributes are not made manifest to our senses but how sad and solemn when we come to witness even in those most alien to us the last struggle the dread change the total extinction of mortality as the youthful countess looked on her uncle's cold remains she forgot all her dreams of vanity and wept in real sadness as she thought how many a painful emotion of anger and disappointment she had excited in that now still unconscious form oh how bitter are the upbraidings which come to us from the lips of the dead would that the living could lay the too tardy reflection to heart gertrude could not blame herself but she sorrowed in the sorrow of a warm ingenuous heart that she should ever have offended the pale and peaceful image now stretched before her but tears though shed in earnest are alas often shed in vain as from the wing no scar the sky retains the parted wave no furrow from the keel so dies in human hearts the thought of death when that thought is not embalmed by affection the funeral obsequies were celebrated with a pomp of heraldry a display of solemn state which would if aught on earth could have brightened the dull cold eye of the dead to have witnessed the earl had left no settlements he had destroyed his original ones and been planning others of a totally different nature which had he lived would certainly have been put in execution to the utter exclusion of lady Rossville, unless as the wife of mr delmore gertrude wished for nothing more ardently than for an opportunity of coming to an explanation with that gentleman and at once putting an end to the delusion under which he evidently laboured but there was so much formal politeness so little of the energy of passion in his addresses that she felt it would be like anticipating were she to appear to look upon him in the light of a lover she was therefore obliged to endure the annoyance of his little punctilious assiduities which though for ever claiming her notice were yet too vapid and insignificant either to please or offend they were merely flat stale and unprofitable from these she was soon however unexpectedly released a few days after the earl's funeral An express arrived with the intelligence of the death of his cousin the marquis of haslingdon he had died of the breaking of a blood-vessel and in so doing had rendered mr delmore presumptive heir to the dukedom as his presence was now required in the south he immediately set about preparations for his departure but previous to setting off he sought an interview with lady rossville for the purpose of expressing his regret at being under the necessity of leaving her at such a time and his assurances of returning as speedily as the nature of the mournful circumstances under which she was called away would permit concluding with the hope that whenever propriety sanctioned the fulfilling of his late lamented uncle's intentions his fair cousin would at once testify her respect for the wishes of the dead and complete the happiness of the living however much gertrude had longed for this opportunity she now felt as every delicate mind must feel in a similar situation that tis a nervous and a painful thing to tell a person face to face i don't like you dr fell the reason why i cannot tell but i don't like you dr fell for however it may be expressed that is generally the substance of a refusal the words must be rendered however in some shape or other and collecting herself she with that self-possession which in such cases speaks even plainer than words expressed her regret at the misunderstanding that had so long been allowed to exist assured him that the earl had been perfectly aware of her sentiments they were such as made it impossible she ever could do honour to her uncle's intentions politician as he was mr delmore could not conceal the surprise and pique with which he received this communication he had all along been led to consider his union with the heiress of rosville as a subtle point he had therefore looked upon her as his destined bride fortunately a very beautiful charming elegant girl to whom it was his part to be more than usually polite and attentive and now at the very moment when he had extended his hand to seize the prize like a second ixion he found he had grasped a cloud but whatever were his feelings on the occasion he had too much pride to express anything beyond mere surprise at the very awkward and unaccountable misapprehension which had thus involved both parties in so unpleasant a dilemma he certainly could not accuse gertrude of having buried with the circumstances of her fortune since his own was now to all appearance much more brilliant than at the commencement of their acquaintance but it was evident he thought himself extremely ill-used by her and therefore took a very distant and stately farewell when informed of mr delmore's dismissal mrs st clair's indignation against her daughter was no less violent than unaccountable you were born to be my ruin was her first exclamation to refuse situated as you are an alliance that would have secured you against the possibility of you know not what you have done infatuated that you are and she paced the chamber with a disordered mien while gertrude too much accustomed to her mother's wayward moods to attach any peculiar meaning to her words in silence allowed the storm to take its course but as is commonly the case with unjust displeasure it took such a wide range and branched out into so many ramifications of anger and invective that labour dire and weary woe it would be to attempt to follow her through all the labyrinths of her ill-humour mrs st clair was indeed a riddle hard to solve although not quite so hypocritical as to pretend to be inconsolable at the death of the earl yet certain it was that event had agitated her in no common manner or degree and her daughter's exaltation which for so many years had been the sole object of her ambition seemed now that it was obtained to have lost all its value in her eyes the only visible effect it had yet produced had been to render her more than ever violent irritable and capricious she still kept her own apartment refused to see anybody on the plea of her health was restless and dissatisfied and in short showed all the symptoms of a mind ill at ease End of section 57.